All righty. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, the Wiz and Guru are back here for another day of uh, some focus on fantasy and, and, and the regular season in football. I, we really enjoyed yesterday. We ran through the AFC. Uh, today we're going to do the NFC. Uh, it certainly was a nice diversion from not watching the news and spending a little over an hour talking some real hardcore football. And then we're going to attempt to do the same thing today with the NFC. Um, you know, it is still very surreal, obviously, here in the metropolitan New York area and all over the country. Hopefully everybody is staying well. Brett, good afternoon. How are you today? Good afternoon. Yeah, doing doing, doing okay. Hanging in there under these circumstances. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, talking some football, fantasy football is always a good diversion. So uh, why don't we get right to the NFC today? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and like you said, the NFL is, is moving forward with things. The draft is at the end of this month. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But, but today we're going to get going uh, with the NFC East. And we're going to start off with the Dallas Cowboys who, and this division is an interesting division in that three of the four teams uh, have new coaches, which I think, you know, new coaches and given the circumstances that we're under are going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage. I don't think the Cowboys are necessarily in that spot. Mike McCarthy is a veteran coach, uh, won a Super Bowl with the Packers, uh, was doing a lot of preparation, you know, in, in the present offseason and during the season and taping the games and watching everything that was going on. I'm excited about the Cowboys this year. Um, they have three picks in the top 80. They're the 17th pick in the draft. They solidified, um, you know, bringing in their two top offensive players that needed to be uh, signed, which was their quarterback, Dak Prescott, who Brett really loved last year, and he ended up having a top five fantasy season, and uh, we think he could do it again. They they got their playmaker, Amari Cooper, tied down. Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott's their main running back. Uh, this is a team that kind of excites me. They made some their moves on defense in the offseason. They have some replacements to make on, on – a Otherwise, solid offensive line, but they need to replace their starting center. But I really like this team coming in. Brett, what's your what's your view on the on the Cowboys this year? Well, I mean, there's there's some there's some good news and there's some bad news. Let's start with the bad news. Losing Fredericks is just is just a killer. Um, he, he's certainly one of the top five offensive linemen in, in, in football. And you know, Dallas wants to run everything through Elliott and the running game and the play action. And losing him is, is a killer. Um, they have a pretty good offensive line even without him, but you know that's a, that's a that's a tough one. Uh, I do like the Zerline signing. Uh, I thought Breitmeier was wildly inconsistent, made some really long ones, missed some short ones. Um, Cowboys have done some interesting things. The other day they signed Alden Smith. Um, they're hoping also to get back. I think Randy Gregory. I'm not sure, you know, exactly what his injury status is. I haven't seen much of him. Hopefully, get him back. Um, and Demarcus Lawrence is a really good pass rusher. Uh, the receiving core is, is is strong with those gal, you know, with the three receivers Gallup and and Cooper. I think uh, the tight ends. I, I think the Cowboys are going to kind of see what Blake Jarwin could do. Um, Kind of like unleash him. They've let they've let Witten go. Uh, I think you know w- with the Cowboys, uh, for, you know draft. I think they may look to get a slot receiver to replace Randall Cobb, who's on to the Texans, uh, or um, a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman. But th- their main nucleus is back, and uh, considering the division uh, that they are in, probably the favorite to win that division. I think. Yeah, and I think that's right. I think this is a this is a division that that is definitely undergoing reconstruction. Um, 
the Cowboys do excitement with their with their skill position players. As you mentioned, they added a couple of guys on defense as well. Uh, Gerald McCoy is a good leader, is uh, you know, and, and Ha Ha Clinton Dix is not a bad player. It'll be interesting to see if Smith can bounce back. The zero line uh, addition is interesting. He, he, he gets to play indoors uh, for eight home games, which is which is nice. Mike McCarthy loves to roll out his kicker, you know, frequently. He did it with Mason Crosby in in, in cold weather Lambeau Field, so we, I don't think he'll hesitate to be doing that in in Dallas either. So I like that. I think Blake Bell is an interesting addition. You know, he was a player you alerted me to last year. He's going to back up Jarwin at tight end. He's a big guy. Uh, Kansas City was the, he was the Kansas City backup tight end next year. He may get a shot to do something too. I like Pollard as a, as a backup and a compliment to uh, Ezekiel Elliott in the running back. So so this is a team that definitely excites me. Three three draft picks in the top eighty. I agree with you. They'll go. They could go offensive lineman with that first pick, and they'll try to replace Randall Cobb, who ended up having an okay year last year in, in Dallas. So you know the Cowboys to me. Are, are the team to beat in this division without a doubt? I agree, and uh, you know it's just it's just if they if the sum can equal the parts, they have a lot of a lot of strong skilled players on offense. It just seems that they don't put up enough points when they're playing good teams, and key injuries seem to always happen to uh, their their defensive players. So if they can avoid that, uh, I think I think the Cowboys could be okay this year. Yeah, and, and, and McCarthy has pedigree. I think we've seen a lot of drama and maybe maybe distractions with uh, around you know the head coaching uh, position, and and they finally moved on you know from that. So hopefully, hopefully the Cowboys can be a little bit more of a, a calmer situation. So, and um, you know we we talked about and again teams they're not going to have OTAs, they're not going to have training camps in the same way most likely. But the you know the Joe Judge era. Bill Belichick, disciple, starts for the Giants. I, I like what I saw, at least what he had to say. And I know, you know, he was he was pictured next to Belichick a lot. He had, you know, Belichick and him talked a lot. He was a special teams guy, so attention to details will be there. The Giants have the fourth pick in this draft, and you'll, you'll speak a little bit about, you know, what you think could happen there. Um, Daniel Jones has to take care of the football, but, you know, his some of his games, he really looked good. He's, he's, a, he's a mobile quarterback, but he's, he can't be fumbling the ball the way he did. Um, I, I like Darius Slayton as a, as a receiver. He came on. They have a couple of veteran guys in, in, in Golden Tate and, 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 uh, and Shepard, who, who obviously is something to watch there because he, he he's had a lot of concussion issues. So I, I worry a little bit there. I think the Giants could, could actually look at receiver in this draft at some point, um, offensive line as well. This team's made a lot of additions on defense in the offseason, uh, adding a couple of linebackers and and. and and, and James Bradbury, like re-signed Leonard Williams, added a third down back in Deion Lewis. So, you know, I think the Giants, they, they, they need help on uh, in a lot of skill positions still. Um, you know, how do you kind of – and obviously we didn't – Barkley was had a tremendous rookie season. That injury set him back a lot last year. Yeah, and, and, and Ingram as well. Uh, yeah, these guys point. have got to – they've got to stay on the field. Um I like Daniel Jones. I think his mistakes can be corrected. Uh, ball security just has to be a little bit more, you know, uh, a little bit more aware of when the, the pocket's closing in on him as far as, uh, you know, protecting the ball. Uh, he, he tries to make big plays. Um, he's, he looked really, really strong last year. I liked a lot of things about him. Saquon Barkley is obviously an elite player. The receiving core has got to stay on the field. They paid, Seventy-five million dollars 
for Bradbury and Blake Martinez combined, giving them each three million uh, three year contracts. They franchised Leonard Williams. Uh, I personally think the Giants have got to be in business with that number four pick. Um, I think potentially Carolina, but but more so Jacksonville and nine can maybe you know move up and try and get ahead of the Chargers and Dolphins and grab a quarterback. And the Giants are in a perfect spot to make a deal. I my personal view on the Giants is they'll either make a trade, move down, and accumulate some picks. Or if they stick at four, I believe they are certainly going to take a defensive player with that with that pick. But um, other than that, uh, you know, their key players on offense have got to stay on the field and give uh, Daniel Jones a chance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, without that, that will be a problem. And as you mentioned, Evan Ingram, who really flashed as a rookie really couldn't get on track last year. It was just, he was out for most of the season. So I worry about Shepard. I really do worry about those concussions. So I don't know what you think if they actually look at the receiver position in this draft, maybe in, in one of those later round picks. I, I think there's a very distinct possibility of that. Yeah, I think I think the Giants have a, a lot of needs. That's why I would implore them if I was running the show there to, to make a trade and move down and try and accumulate picks. Um, you know, I think receiver, yes, but I, I just don't think it's their top priority at, at this point. I would say uh, the best defensive player first, offensive line second, and then maybe addressing the receiver spot um, after that. All right. And, you know, the one team that actually has some, I guess, some stability would be the Eagles winning the Super Bowl two years ago. I think what they did last year, considering the injuries that they had, was pretty <laughs> remarkable, them making the playoffs. Um, you know, they willed themselves into that spot. Uh, Carson Wentz um, really didn't have all of, uh, of, of, of his toys at his dispense. But, um, you know, I really like this team at running back and tight end. I really hate this team at wide receiver. Um, so they're going to have to do a lot of work trying to figure out that. I, I'm, I'm, you know, Sean Jackson's old. Alshon Jeffrey's always hurt. Um, you know, our Sega Whiteside really didn't do anything. Greg Ward really showed up, a, a former college quarterback, and you know, I had picked him up late last season. I really liked what he did um, in, in, a, in a relatively inexperienced role. Um, this team added some pieces on defense and Hargraves and Darius Slay. Um, they lose Jordan Howard, Jason Peters, their offensive lineman who's been there for a while is gone, uh, and Nelson Aguilar is gone. They have four picks in the top hundred. Uh, you know the Eagles have a chance, but I think they have to. They, they need a weapon. This team needs a weapon. Yeah, I mean, so I know I'm in the minority on this. Um, in, the, in the in the you know. I'm almost on an island by myself with this one, but I, I just am not a big Carson Wentz fan. I think he makes great schoolyard plays, athletic, but he doesn't understand ball security. He doesn't seem to understand when the pocket's closing in on him, and he takes some of the most horrendous kits on a quarterback that I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, he makes a lot of great schoolyard plays, uh, and he's a great athlete. Uh, but there, there are certain things about his game that I, I really don't like. The running game, as you said, Miles Sanders is making a, a case that Penn State is the school to draft running backs out of, not Georgia. Um, he he looked he looked dynamic last year. Um, the, kid so, Boston, the kid Boston Scott too showed us a lot in his play. Yeah, Boston Scott's a nice a nice compliment and does 
can do different things. And I, I think the coaching staff is creative enough where they will realize to have both of those players on the field at the same time, especially with the uh, wide receiver core, as you said, kind of not being a strong point of the team at all. And I would be shocked if the Eagles did not take a wide receiver with their first pick. Absolutely shocked. Um, and luckily for them, this is kind of the draft to really need a wide receiver because they're a, they're, they're, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good bunch to draft a receiver. Um, they made that trade with the Lions to get Slay. They gave up a third and a fifth to get that player. Um, so I think, once again, their defense um, – has to be strong because I think, you know, they're going to have difficulty moving the ball through the air unless they get themselves a real playmaker with that draft pick because Austin Jeffrey's a good player, but he's getting up there in age and he just seems to have difficulty making through an entire season healthy. Yeah, and I think this team really is more reliant on, on, on the tight ends than any other team in the league. They have two guys, you know, two guys that are could be considered elite. I think Dallas Goddard could start on a lot of teams in the NFL. Obviously, Zach Ertz is the guy that's been so productive the last three seasons. But having the two of them, they, they played the two of them, especially late in the year last year. They were on the field a lot together last year. So I, I like. Obviously, those two are really good to have. So it, it it helps make up for that deficiency at the receiver spot. But I'm in agreement that they're going receiver first pick. Absolutely. Yep. And, you know, this is a team, the last team in this division, which is the Redskins, who have been poorly run forever, poor poor ownership. Um, you know, Jay Gruden really struggled, you know, getting this team really in order at, towards the end. They did make the playoffs a couple of times, but, you know, they, they, they drafted a quarterback last year. I know you didn't like the quarterback. They... Ron Rivera will be the new head coach. He he brings in one of the kids that he had playing from last year in, in Kyle Allen. Alex Smith is still recovering from that gruesome uh, leg injury. <laughs> they have the the old guy in in the in the in the, in the, in the backfield still, and Adrian Peterson. Darius Geis cannot stay on the field either. Terry McLaurin was a very pleasant surprise. They drafted Kelvin Harmon. Steven Sims showed us a little bit in the slot last year. I think I think he's he's a player to watch. You know to a guy that could be a little bit of a sneaky guy. But but this is a new era in Washington with a new head coach. They get the second pick in the draft, and they don't pick again till, till the 66th pick. It'll be interesting. As you said, I think yesterday you mentioned Trent Williams as a possibility to be traded. The Cleveland Browns have been mentioned, so so maybe some picks come their way as a result, a result of that. They added a lot of players um, you know, in, in, in the free agency, uh, Cody Latimer, um, Peyton Barber from from he's not really a sexy guy, but from the from the Buccaneers. But you know, how, how do you think things shake out here in Washington? Do you do you think Rivera and and kind of his established head coaching pedigree will make a little bit of a difference? And can they can they kind of stabilize a, a wobbly situation that we saw last year? Well. I'm not a big fan of the. I'm 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 not I'm not a I'm not a big fan of any of the quarterbacks that they have on their on their current roster. To be honest with you, um, you know I, I I Kyle Allen is 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 not the answer. Um, in my opinion, I I was not a fan of Dwayne Haskins. I'm, certainly, my opinion has not changed on that player. I'm not sure what Alex Smith can do overcome from that injury. That's why, as I said earlier, even though, you know, 
you know, they, they made that trade to get Kyle Allen. At some point, they could take a stab at a quarterback. I think they kind of locked into taking Chase Young with their with their second overall pick and then go from there. But as you mentioned, they, they have some interesting young receivers. Um, you know, Sims and Corn and Kelvin Harmon. Um, Steven Sims, uh, when he actually got a chance to play, he looked really good towards the end of the season last year. McLaren was a dynamic rookie. You know, they got to get a quarterback to get a, that, that could get them the ball. Um, I am a big, big fan of Darius Geis. If he could, you know, get a full season in and play, I like that player. I know they added, as you mentioned, Peyton Barber. Um, Look, any way you slice it, I think the Redskins are going to, you know, be in rebuilding mode for for a little while. And uh, they they have a good young nucleus of players at the skilled spots, but I'm not thrilled with the quarterback spot and certainly their defense um, needs improvement. So they'll take young. They'll get a really great player with their second overall pick, but they they have got to address that quarterback uh, spot and. Uh, this coaching staff is not, uh, you know, they're not committed to Dwayne Haskins. They didn't draft him, you know, and, and I think the Kyle Allen trade kind of shows how they feel about that player, to be honest with you. Yep, yep, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Okay, very good. So uh, down with one division, three to go, and move on to the NFC North where it's one division where there isn't any coaching changes, though I would I would argue that a couple of coaches are – are definitely going to be under the microscope as we come into the season. You know, you and I watched a lot of Chicago Bear games uh, last year, painfully so, especially questioning a lot of the play calling. And and this is a team that you know spent a lot a few years ago to move up to get Mitch Trubisky. Uh, it's not that they don't have talented players, um, you know, in, in some of the skill positions. Allen Robinson was terrific last year. Late in the season, second half of the season, Anthony Miller w- was very good. I know you were you liked Anthony Miller coming out of college. They went out and got Nick Foles. That, that, that to me, tells me that they're looking to move on from Trubisky because he's going to put the heat on. Not that Nick Foles is, is so tremendous, but there's, this is a wobbly situation. It's a team with no first-round pick. They got a couple of late picks in, in the second round. Um, but they don't have a lot of draft uh, capital here either. So uh, they lost a couple of players on defense. Their ba- uh, Prince of Mukamura is gone. Um, uh, Floyd is gone. Um, so and they add they added a guy like Jimmy Graham, who got to me has nothing left in the tank at all. So you know that tight end position has been a disappointment for them because they picked up Trey Burton a couple of years ago, and he just hasn't done anything. So. This is a team that's definitely one that's going to be looked at. Tariq Cohen is a nice little piece, um, uh, you know, on the offensive side, catching the ball out of the backfield. I don't think Montgomery was used properly at all last year. I know you and I hated the way Nagy used him. How do you see things working out at the quarterback position? Does this team have enough in, 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 in its personnel at the moment to kind of succeed? Can Nick Foles be a successful quarterback within this system? Well, you know, the one thing that they have is their nuclear solid defense. So anytime you start with that, you have a chance. The problem is they're going up against some teams that division that have really elite offenses, and you have to try and score some points as well. Now, Nick Foles did spend 
sometime with 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 uh, Matt Nagy in 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 Kansas City, so he's probably familiar with that player. Allen Robinson, I like. You know how much I like Anthony Miller. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, isn't Filippo the? Um, isn't he in Chicago now as well? I think. Uh, yeah, he, he, yeah, he is as well. Um, so I, I like. I like some of their skill players. I'm assuming that Nick Foles is going to, you know, take over there. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more on the Jimmy Graham situation. So he starts off his career. He looks fantastic with Drew Brees. Then Russell Wilson. He starts not looking like the same player. Then he looks completely washed up with Aaron Rodgers. And now he's going to you know, you know, revive his career in, in Chicago. I I don't understand that signing at all. It's, it's, it's really a head scratching, um, signed, uh, two years. I think they gave me a million a year. I, I thought that was a terrible signing. Um, they, they, they signed Robert Quinn. I mean, their defense is, is, is rock solid, but is their offense going to score enough points? And, uh, you know, listen, it's one thing, you know, to be a great offensive coordinator and you got Andy Reid helping you out and you got all of these great players. It's another thing, you know, try and call the shots with Chicago. And he's been disappointing. The play calling has been disappointing. The players have been disappointing. It's, you know, they, they, you know, maybe Nick Foles give them uh, a shot in the arm there, but they have a good defense. But when you're playing the Vikings and you're playing Green Bay and you're playing the Lions, you really have to score points to win those games. And uh, their offense has been painful to watch. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in agreement there. And, you know, you mentioned scoring points in the division. And I think, you know, you, I know you really like Matt Stafford. We're going to move on to the Lions now. And, you know, you really saw a team that, that missed their offensive leader with, with, with Stafford with that back injury last year being gone. And I think he has some excited, exciting personnel there. You, you know, I like Kenny Galladay coming out of college. And, you know, he's starting to really round into a, a very elite receiver. Marvin Jones, I think, is an underrated player. Um Danny Amendola actually in, in a few spots last year was good as a slot guy, and, and they also brought in Geronimo Allison. Didn't do a heck of a lot with uh, with Green Bay, but he'll be with the with the Lions this year. You know, Carryon Johnson two years in a row has not been able to stay on the field, so it'll be interesting to see if they they do something at the running back spot again. Uh, they added a lot of pieces on defense through free agency. Uh, you know, Matt Patricia is a is a defensive guy, so. You know, but the, the Lions started off two years in a row. They've started off really well, and they just tailed off because injuries have just kind of decimated them a bit. You know, they have three picks in in the top seventy uh, in this draft, including the third pick last year. They 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 drafted T.J. Hawkinson, who also couldn't stay healthy. So you know, it'll be interesting to see what the Lions are going to do. I, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in in in, in the coaching staff yet. Um, they haven't shown me enough, but but Matt Stafford no question has to stay on the field and as do their key offensive weapons. And, you know, Galladay, like I said to you, I think, um, you know, he's a guy, you know, coming into his third year that looks like he's, he's ready to just take off. He's got so much size. He's an elite guy, but you know, without Stafford throwing him the ball, it's a problem. So here's what I have to say about the Lions. I really uh, like what they did on, 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 on defense uh, in the off season. They, Traded Slay, they got a third and a fifth, 
and they signed Desmond Trufant to a two-year deal. So they exchanged Trufant for Slay, and they got a third and a fifth pick. If you look at it overall in a summation, I really like that. They, they signed Jamie Collins, who's certainly familiar with Matt Patricia from the Patriots. I think it's always good to have a player that understands what you're trying to do, uh, a comfort level there. You know, when you look at the Lions offense, people forget one thing. Um, TJ Hawkinson he couldn't stay on the field. He suffered concussions. He was hurt, and Stafford was hurt. He's going to be a big part of that team. He was a non-factor last year. I, I, I look at his sophomore year in the NFL, and I think that's going to be a big difference. As you mentioned, those two players at wide receiver, carry on, uh, and wide receiver and running back, um, Galladay and Kerryon Johnson are, are dynamite players. Um, they have to stay on the field. But, I, you know, there were talks. Oh, the Lions are going to release Matt Stafford. The Lions are going to pick a quarterback with the number three pick. That that would be the most idiotic thing I, I've seen in a long time. They're going to take a defensive player with that third pick. Uh, whoever's number one as far as the defensive player on the board with that pick. Roll with Matt Stafford. They should. When he was healthy and they had all of their players, that offense was rolling along. And um, I like the Lions, and I think their defense is getting better. Uh, I think the Lions are going to make some noise in a tough division this year. Yeah, I think you, you know you point out the defense, and I think you know, they're going to add a, an elite playmaker with that third pick. They also added you know Shelton, who played for Patricia. Um, uh, the the Patriots had to release uh, Deron Harmon, who also played with, for Patricia. So he's got a lot of familiar pieces in place and he's going to add, he's about to add a very elite defensive uh, player with that third pick. So if Stafford and carry on Johnson can stay healthy and that and those, and the receivers continue to grow, this could, this could be, this could be an interesting team. And I think you mentioned, like you said about Hawkinson, I, I agree with you there. And uh, yeah. So we'll move on to the Packers who, um, you know, did things a little bit differently than, than we've seen before with a, with, uh, Matt Lafleur, who you know, I know a lot was talked about about you know his relationship with a, with a very experienced guy like Aaron Rodgers, but you know it seemed to work last year. They made the playoffs. Um, they didn't do a heck of a lot. They lost they, they lost Brian Beluga on offensive line. They lost Fackrell and Martinez and linebackers. So that's probably a position they will be addressing in this draft. They don't have a lot of picks. They have three in the top hundred, including. Thirtieth pick um, is their first pick in the first round. Um, Devin Funches, who was hurt all of last year, was added at receiver. Um, you know, it'll be interesting at receiver because you know, outside of Devonte Adams, who was hurt last year, but he's an elite receiver. Uh, Alan Lazard came on a little bit uh, late in the season. Uh, you and I know a lot about Aaron Jones. We joked around about about him last year. Um, I thought coming into last season that Aaron Jones was going to be a top five running back in the NFL. And he lived up to that billing, even though I questioned the way he was used in certain games. I don't think he's used enough in the passing game. He he grew in the passing game a bit, but I still think there's more room for him to improve there. Jamal Williams is not a bad backup. And obviously, Aaron Rodgers is is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, you, you, you certainly hired Aaron Jones, and, and you also, I know, like Lazard. I mean, the, the Packers have got to get another player on the field that can threaten defenses so teams are not just swarming Devontae Adams on every single play. 
Um, so they, they need to address that. I think, the, the, you know, like like I mentioned uh, earlier with some of these teams, like Blake Jarwin, you know, um, the Cowboys are going to kind of unleash him at tight end and see what he can do. I think the Packers are going to do the same kind of thing with Sternberger this year at tight end, uh, see see what he can do. He's an interesting player. Um, I think the Packers have got to be uh, one of these teams that, that that NFL teams don't do for some reason. They have two good running backs who both players can really catch the ball out of the backfield. They're good receivers. They have to have Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones on the field at the same time to figure out and give and give Devontae Adams a little bit more help. I am personally not a Devin Funches fan. I think he's kind of like a red zone target receiver. Um, I, I think he's kind of stiff uh, on the other parts of the field. I, I've never been a big fan of that player. Uh, I don't think he's really the answer. But I, I think the, 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 the Packers have got to do some more creative things with those two running backs, see what Sternberger can do. And, you know, maybe Green Bay can look up uh, a wide receiver in this draft and see if, uh, if, something, if something is interesting. Uh, you did mention um, – the the blogger loss, which is a big one, they they signed uh, the Lions tackle with Rick Wagner. Um, certainly not as good as blogger, but they're hoping that he could be a little bit of a stopgap. Um, but you know the window for Green Bay seems to be running out um, of time here, and uh, you know it kind of you kind of get the impression it's like now or never for Green Bay. I'm not sure how many more years Aaron Rodgers is going to play at an elite level. So. Um, I think they're okay. The the problem for Green Bay is they're in a division with some tough teams, and I just don't know about the supporting cast as far as uh, as far as a wide receiver and defense, and especially in the secondary, are concerned. And you know, we're going to roll that into one of those tough teams. And if our friend John Cooper was here, we'd, he'd give us the old. Uh... Uh, Viking salute, uh, but he's not at the moment. But but Brett's a huge Viking fan, and you know this team. Uh, you know Kirk Cousins has been looked at as uh, you know a poster child for uh, I guess lack of success in the playoffs and against elite competition. But you know what, Kirk actually showed up towards the end of last season. Um, Adam Thielen was injured most of the year last year. Dalvin Cook was a very talented running back who who also missed a couple of games, but. But when he was on the field, he was he was very special. Um, you know, this team has a lot of draft picks this year, so I'm I'm not being that you are the uh, Viking expert. I'm going to kind of pass it on to you because I think um, you know they ha- they have two good tight ends. Uh, but I'll let you talk about you know the, the Vikings a little bit. This is a this is a well coached team, a defensive minded team as well. But the secondary was terrible last year for the Vikings, so so they have some addressing to do there. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to pass the baton to you early here on the Vikings, Brett. Yeah, so so I think the, the Vikings kind of got to be smirking a little bit to themselves that I think they kind of got more for Diggs than the Texans got for Hopkins. Um, which is amazing. Yeah. Which has to kind of like, you know, maybe giving them a little smirk, um, you know, to, to themselves. They, they, they got the first round pick. They got the, you know, the number 22 overall pick this year. They got... Uh, fifth and sixth round picks this year, and they got a fourth round pick for next year. Uh, that, that's a lot. I think the Vikings with one of their picks, 22 and 27, um, 
22 and 25, I mean, they're going to they're gonna address that wide receiver, one of those two picks, certainly. Um, you know, the theme seems to be around the NFL coming into this season, these young tight ends that are going to be unleashed and have a chance. And as far as fantasy is concerned, it's going to be very interesting to see which ones are big winners and which ones are given the chance and haven't lived up to the hype. And one of those players is Irv Smith from Alabama, who has all the makings um, to be a really strong pass catcher, receiving, you know, to receiving tight end, uh, certainly a better receiver than he is a blocker. Um, with the trade of digs, even if the Vikings do take a rookie wide receiver that's going to get right in there and play, Irv Smith certainly is going to get more opportunities. Um, they, Lindsey they, Joseph is a tough loss, but they, they paid a lot of money to get Mike Pierce from the Ravens. And I think, you know, he's a younger player. Right now he's probably not as good, but I think that's, that's fine there. And like I mentioned with the, you know, with the previous teams, the Vikings are, are, are a strong team. The problem is they're in a division with three other strong teams. But I, I like I like the Vikings overall roster. Um, I think they need to address that wide receiver spot, secondary help, offensive line help. Uh, those are the areas. And with that trade, they've accumulated picks. And I believe they'll, they'll, they'll address those. And to your point about Kirk Cousins, that was big for him to win that playoff game. I think uh, he may come in with a, a renewed confidence, even though he's never really lacked confidence. You know, his confidence seems to supersede his ability sometimes. But I think he, he'll come in uh, feeling pretty strong. The team is confident. I feel the coaches, one of the best defensive coaches in all of football. And, uh, you know, the Vikings will, will be in that mix certainly um, for one of those playoff teams in the NFC. And, and, you know, that secondary, do you agree with my statement and and kind of the way they did not play well last year and they've kind of got some work to do there too? Absolutely, yeah. I just mentioned that the, the, you know, receiver, secondary, and and offensive line, absolutely. I know they franchise tagged um, Anthony Harris, Safety. Um, so yeah, they they have to they have to address that situation. Um, and when you're going up against you know four games against Stafford and and Rogers, yeah, you you've got to kind of show up that secondary. Otherwise, it's going to be a long day for you. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, awesome. And uh, you know, this is a division that's uh, lit up uh, with a lot of news this uh, off season, and that's the NFC South. Um, we're talking about three elite quarterbacks, uh, all veteran guys. Obviously, it's weird to talk about Tom Brady as a Buccaneer, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But we're going to start off the division with the Atlanta Falcons, who who kept their quote, who kept their coach Dan Quinn, which which I think was the right thing to do. When I really look at it, and you know, they they continued to play hard into the end of the season, but this is obviously a make or break year for them, and they lost their. Tight end uh, Austin Hooper, who had a who had a very special season last year. Uh, Be- Vic Beasley's gone. They got rid of their always hurt running back um, uh, Devonta Freeman. So this is going to be an interesting team. They bring in Todd Gurley, which you know not for a lot of money. He he definitely has some issues with that knee. They made a they made a they gave up quite a bit to bring Hayden Hurst in here, who was really looked at to be an elite tight end when he was coming out of college. So Matt Ryan is still Matt Ryan. Julio Jones is Julio Jones. They, you add, Like I said, you add Todd Gurley to this mix. 
Uh, I think I think a third year receiver in 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 in, um, in Calvin Ridley, who who last year was playing really well before he went down. So, thoughts on the uh, Atlanta Falcons this year, Brett? Those these moves that they've made in the offseason, can they compete in this division with Tom Brady and and Drew Brees? Well, they seem to be a fragile team. I mean. And 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 Todd Gurley doesn't make them any less fragile, um, so I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure watching him if he can be a workhorse running back, and I'm not sure about the supporting cast at running back. Um, love love the receiving core. Hayden Hurst is an interesting player that they got in a trade. Um, he traded the second and the fifth. They got Hurst in a fourth back. Uh, he's an interesting player. Um, when you were looking at the Ravens, like last year, coming into the season, you kind of thinking that you know one of those tight ends are going to break out would be Hayden Hurst, but he kind of took a backseat to Andrews, and maybe with a full opportunity with a quarterback that loves throwing the ball to the tight end, Boy, the more we talk about these teams, I'm just realizing how much depth there is at tight end there's going into this year. Yep, um, yep. And then there's potential for some of these guys to really do some do some things. Hayden Hurst being being one of them. I think I think the Falcons, you know, have got to attack this draft in their secondary. Um, you know, they they we just mentioned Desmond Trufant, who they who they just lost. Um, their their secondary now is kind of suspect. Um, I, I think they're hoping that they can score enough points. Um, they have tremendous skilled players. Um, you know, a, a great wide receiving duo. I think Hurst is going to play well, and if Gurley could stay on the field and. Matt Ryan seems to be rock solid. Uh, they're going to score points. Is you know the question with them is are they going to be able to stop the other team from scoring more points? And the secondary seems to be uh, an issue that they have to address first and foremost. Um, you know, so that that's how it kind of assess the Falcons coming into the season. Yep. Okay. And uh, probably a team that in this division, at least, that's gone on. No team has undergone more change than the, than the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater comes in at quarterback, and I think um, Teddy played pretty good last year. Um, they took the train. I, you know, I felt they kind of had restraints on him, at least in the first couple of games that he took over for Breeze. In, in, the, in the last three starts he made, he, he started to throw the ball a little bit more, so they spent a lot of money on the player. So Cam Newton is, has been uh, relieved of his uh, duties in Carolina, uh, you know, of the most elite player that they've had defensively in a long time and Luke Kukli is as retired. So you know you use you lose two players on each side of the ball that were kind of the face of this franchise. Um, obviously Christian McCaffrey had a, just an unbelievable year last year. You know, I do worry about durability. He's managed to escape injury in, in these first two years, but boy, they you he was used a lot. Um, so I, I always worry about when a player comes into the league and, and is used as frequently as he has been. Greg Olson, the, the veteran tight end, was also let go. So, so this is a team with two new coaches in, in, in the top spots. The head coach, Matt Rule, uh, Joe Brady, who ran that LSU attack, will come in as the offensive coordinator. Um, he's, I guess there is some familiarity with, with Bridgewater when he was with New Orleans. So I, I love the receivers on this team in DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. They have a young tight end in, in Ian Thomas that's going to come up. But, you know, 
This is a whole new system, and this is a team at a slight disadvantage. I think they need a lot of help on defense for sure. Robbie Anderson was signed in the offseason. Um, you know, we, we talked about him yesterday, uh, you know, leaving the Jets. And, you know, he's a player who's flashed a little bit. But but I like this receiving core, and this is an interesting team, but I think they're, they're the number four team in this division by far, uh, you know, compared to the other three. So this is this is one of the teams where OTAs, team meetings, all of the things that teams do before the season starts, this is a crusher for this team. They have a new owner. They have a new head coach. They have a new offensive coordinator. They they want to change their system around. They want to they want to bring in a lot of college plays, do a lot of things. It's quick screens the they have the player personnel to do that um these bubble screen plays that they're going to introduce um into the nfl more than any other team i think in the league um they have the player personnel you know to do that the one player that i think is not going to be a good fit is a player that they just signed robbie anderson i think the type of you know, patterns he runs best and the kind of plays he makes is not going to fit the system. And it's, more importantly, it's not going to fit the throws that the quarterback makes on this team. I mean, he's not looking to throw the ball down the field. I mean, it's, it's not what he does best. It's not what he looks to do. And those are the kind of plays that Robbie Anderson makes. So T.J. Moore will be fine. I Like I said, I think they're going to throw uh, a ton of bubble screens, and Curtis Samuel's going to get a lot of those plays, and they're going to probably throw a billion passes to Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I don't even know how. I don't know. He, he may, he, I, I don't know if it's possible to catch 200 passes in the season, but that player may get a million throws from this quarterback in this system. Um, so so that's what they want to do. A lot, a lot of changes on defense. They got the number seven pick. I don't think they're going to make a trade up to get one of those quarterbacks because they need so much. Again, if, if the Lions and Giants say we're not budging, we love players with those spots, Carolina is in a spot where somebody wanna, may want to move up to take a player, a quarterback that hasn't been drafted that they thought, and accumulate picks. That's what they need need to do. Agree with you as far as being, you know, kind of kind of behind the other teams, and uh, certainly this absence from being able to have OTAs, team meetings, and 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 really, you know, getting to know the players with, with so many moving parts is going to really be a detriment to the Panthers. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen this team with proper preparation this year. Because I think, because I love, like I said to you, I love the receiving core. And you mentioned McCaffrey. You can't ignore that fact. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, you know, it's it's certainly an interesting team to watch. Um, the New Orleans Saints are, are back in, in one piece. This looks to be, you know, Sean Payton may have let the cat out of the bag a little bit. This looks like it's going to probably be, even though they signed him to a two year deal, it looks like it's going to be Drew Brees' last season. Taysom Hill became. 
probably the most interesting player that the NFL has seen in a long time. And, uh, you know, I'll let you talk a little bit about that. But, you know, I found him to be just such a dynamic player uh, in terms of making a difference. Um, Mike Thomas is the best wide receiver in football right now. Um, It's not a long passing game. they bring in Emmanuel Sanders. They still have Jared Cook, the, the veteran tight end. They have a great offensive line. Um, Alvin Kamara is a special running back, but he was hurt a lot of last year. Um, I thought Latavius Murray was a great signing, and he played well, um, both both in supporting Mar- uh, both in supporting uh, Kamara and even when when um, when uh, Kamara was out a few games. He had some big games. So this is a great team. It's well-coached, decent, solidly decent defense as well. They, they didn't do a lot in, 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 in the preseason, but they kind of, you know, obviously Breeze coming back, and as I mentioned, Sanders and signing Pete. So I, I like this offensive line. This is a good football team. They don't have a lot of draft capital, only, only two picks in the top 80. But New Orleans is going to be there in this division fighting for the top spot as far as I'm concerned. So this is the opposite end of the spectrum. While Carolina is at all sorts of disadvantages, not being able to have these, um, you know, official team activities. I think I think you could wake up Sean Payton, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Mike Thomas at 4 o'clock in the morning and put them on a football field and they could go 80 yards by the floor just using, you know, his play calling those three players drive down 80 yards against any team in the NFL. They, they, they're, the familiarity with each other uh, is going to be a big advantage uh, the longer this goes into the regular season where there's not going to be much preparation. Um you know what they are, the Saints. They're, they're going to score on you. They're going to figure out different ways of scoring on you. Taysom Hill is, as you said, one of the most interesting players in the NFL. He can do a lot of things, and they use him in a lot of ways, and I'm sure they're going to use him in more ways as, as time goes on. You know, they are, they are what they are. They're going to score. Their defense plays much better when they have a big lead and they can really brush the passer, especially at home when the crowd's going crazy and the other team's having trouble hearing the, you know, the, the snap count. When they're in a tough game or they're playing on the road, their defense is just okay. So New Orleans has the advantage of having the nucleus familiarity with each other, but they kind of need to be one of those teams that, that either ends up as the number one seed or certainly please at least one or two home playoff games uh, to take advantage of an okay defense. That's better when they're at home and when they have a lead. You know, and just on, on Taysom Hill, you know, going back to that playoff game last year where, I want to say he caught a couple of balls and, and a touchdown. He, he rushed for like 50 yards in that game, and he threw a, he threw a long bomb in the game. I, I got to imagine, like you said, there's, there's more to come from that. But this 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 team has a distinct advantage, as you said, because it's a system in place. So um, excited to see what this what the Saints do this year. Um, and I think you know they'll be they'll be battling that top spot with 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 the now new home of of, of Tom Brady, and Tom Brady is is now a uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer, which. Certainly sounds strange to say. Um, I love Bruce Arians, so I don't think he could have landed in a better better spot. They have super talent on at the receiver position, and, and Mike Evans and a guy that you really loved last year, Chris Godwin, and 
you know, he was just an absolute beast last year. Maybe O.J. Howard can do some things because uh, he's been a little bit of a disappointment thus far in the NFL. Cameron Braid is a, is a solid t- tight end as well. This team doesn't have really strong running backs, and I think Tom Brady has always been reliant on that pass-catching running back. So I think that's something that they actually address in this draft. They, they, they hold three picks in the top 75. Um, you know, Jameis Winston turned over the ball more times uh, last year, 30 times, even though he threw for 5,000 yards, than Tom Brady turned over the ball in four years combined. Um, you know, they, they got Shaq Barrett, their, their solid defensive player, um, signed up. Pierre Paul is back as well. But, you know, it all starts with Tom Brady. And again, he's a veteran quarterback, probably uh, arguably the greatest of all time. So probably not impacted as much, but he definitely has to get used to new players. So so they are at a little bit of a disadvantage, but it is Tom Brady. You know, Brett, he was looking for new toys, and he didn't have it in New England, and he certainly has them here in, in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think the one... The one disadvantage is Tom Brady, excuse me, Tom Brady's a creature of habit and he likes to run plays over and over and over and over again, especially on those option routes. Um, I think, I think Chris Godwin will be okay. Even if they miss a lot of time, I think he'll, he'll be the, you know, the more likely of that great wide receiver duo to, to catch up more passes. Uh, Mike Evans Kind of, you know, looks to make those big plays. I'm not sure how many of them Brady could get out there to him. Uh, Brady is going to throw more timing plays. The the issue for Tampa Bay's offense is 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 two wildly talented offensive players that just haven't lived up to expectations. Ronald Jones and O.J. Howard. When I watch O.J. Howard play, he, he looks like such – he has so many skills to be a really elite tight end, but the effort is questioned, and, and, the, way, and the way he catches the ball, he looks like Edward Scissorhands, to be honest with you, with the way he goes after some of those passes, just horrendous with the drops. And Ronald Jones is another player that has great ability – Tremendous quickness was even utilized a little bit more in the passing game, but his one weakness that that stands out is pass protection. Yeah, and Brady's not going to stand for that. <laughs> he he misses a block that gets Brady walloped. He'll be standing next to Bruce Arians the rest of the game. Um, so he has got to work on that. I think. Brady not being able to work with those players is going to hurt. Uh, it's not as drastic as an entire new coaching staff and players like what's going on with Carolina, but it's going to take some time because Brady likes to run players his way and timing plays, and he's a creature of habit. So, yes, I think you'll see a lot of two tight end formations, which Brady likes because it kind of helps with pass protection and also gets out and those players can get out in the in the short passing game, which they want to do. But um, similar to what I, my view is on the Eagles draft with wide receiver, I see Tampa Bay doing that with running back um, with one of their early picks in this draft, getting another running back in there. Um, other than that, um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be exciting. There's going to be, a, you know, a lot of uh, noise around Tampa Bay, everything, you know, that they're doing. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, you know, New Orleans, you know the Saints are, are, are going to be 
tough to topple, but uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things uh, going on with Tampa Bay, and uh, we'll, we'll see what they do with the draft, but I, I'm pretty confident that they're going to address running back with uh, one of their first two picks. Yep, great. Really, yeah, really excited to see what they do there. Really excited. And all right, so we move on to the final division in, in the NFC, and it's the NFC West, and this is very interesting division to me. We, we, you know, we're starting off with the Cardinals, uh, the Kingsbury era and the uh, Kyler Murray era started there. Um, I, I've had some pre-discussions with Brett uh, about this, and uh, I think there's the quarterback that I'm going to be targeting in a lot of leagues this year if I have the ability to get him is Kyler Murray. I can't be more excited about the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is has been brought in. They, they got him for a steal of a deal. It's just hard to believe that we're able to do that. Um, I, I just I love the player uh, and Kyler Murray in his rookie year show, showed at times how dynamic a player he could be. Uh, you know, he was named offensive rookie of the year, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, ran a 500 yards rushing and an additional four touchdowns. Uh, overall, he took care of the ball well. Kenyon Drake was, was remarkable last year in the second half of the season. He probably carried a lot of fantasy teams. In, in the fantasy playoffs, he was just tremendous. Um, so, and he's back and re-signed. Uh, this team added a lot of receivers last year in the draft. Um, you know, so this is a team that's going to come at you with, with with DeAndre Hopkins. You know, Larry Fitzgerald is still there. Uh, Christian Kirk at times has looked terrific. They drafted Isabella and, and Hakeem Butler last year. Not really a tight end system, so it's not something that they look at. But Max Williams did have a couple of games last year where he. He turned some heads. Chase Edmonds was a dynamic player um, for a few games when David Johnson was injured early in the year. So I like this team. They've made some improvements on defense too. Kennard has been brought in. Um, so I, I'm really excited about the Cardinals this year. Now they're in a division with both San Francisco and Seattle. Um, I, I happen to not like what's going on in, in, in L.A., so that's why I left them out. But But I'm very excited about the Arizona Cardinals this year. And like I said, they 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 heisted um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, there's, there's a lot of things to like about the offense on Arizona. I mean, I know you are really high on um, on Kyler Murray this year. So let's talk about the good and the bad of Kyler Murray. First, the good, tremendous playmaker, extends plays, um, wildly athletic can hurt you extending plays and throwing it, can hurt you just taking off and running the ball. Um, and he, he's going to make plays, and, 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 and they have offensive players to help him. Here's the, here's the thing that he's got to learn this year. Sometimes you've just got to toss the ball into the sidelines, the seats, and take an incompletion, and take an incompletion instead of trying to make a great play on every play, and we end up taking a 14-yard loss. I mean – he has to understand he's not going up against Texas A&M and Texas Tech that these NFL linemen and ends can run almost as fast as he can. And time after time after time, he put them in bad play, sack, fumble, you know, sacks for 10, 12, 14 yards. He has to learn just sometimes the best play is an incompletion and lift to fight another play. Will he learn that? I think he will. Um, I think that's something that's teachable. Um, I think, you know, when you're trailing most of these games, you're trying to make big plays. It can get frustrating, especially for a guy who won as many games as he did in college. Um, 
Uh, and I think he's going to he's going to he's going to improve on that. And there's a lot to like about Kyla Murray. Well, you know what I think when I watch Kenyon Drake run the ball? The, the first thing that comes to mind is how bad of a coach Adam Gase is. He he doesn't have any idea what he's doing. That continues on. That's the Jets' problem, not Arizona's problem anymore. But Kenyon Drake, given the chance, finally, he's a tough runner, and he's going to give them those plays in the running game and in the passing game that's going to move the chains and be able to you know, take those little drop-down passes for Murray and make big plays. A, a good complement to what they want to do on offense. They want to run a lot of plays. They want to wear defenses down. And, 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 you know, getting DeAndre Hopkins, you can't even measure how much that means. I mean, you may talk about in the history of football, just think about this for a second. In the history of the NFL, if you would analyze the greatest hands of just catching the ball in the history of football, an argument can be made that Arizona has two of the top five in the history of the of the NFL on their team right now, in Hopkins and Fitzgerald. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. And, you know, Hopkins at times, the last few years, and last year wasn't a, a – I think he was a, a bit subpar, but I think that was a byproduct of the entire offense last year. But you look at the couple of years preceding that, I mean, this guy – just pulling balls out of everywhere, and and no no drops either, no drops, and obviously fits. And another thing that I really that I that I really like about Arizona is they have a myriad of young wide receivers, and all it needs is one of those guys to pop and 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 live up to expectations. Whether it's you know Christian Kirk continues on, and Andy Isabella, and Akeem Butler, and Keyshawn Johnson. You know, the, the, there, there's a bunch of young players too, and uh, they 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 have deep players at that position. Um, if their defense can hold up, they're going to score a lot of points this year. Yep, I think that's uh, it's all very fair. So I, I'm very excited about this team, uh, and a team I'm not excited about is, is is the Rams. And I'm you know I'm, oof, wow. Um, Watching Jared Goff, you know, they paid him a lot of money last year. I think this is a combination of, of, of both the system, people catching up with Sean McVay. I think this team really never recovered from that, from that Super Bowl season last year. They were, they, from, from the previous year, they, they, were, they were really difficult to watch on offense, particularly on the road. Jared Goff made some really, really horrendous throws, missing receivers left and right last year. So I'm very worried about the player. Um, the offensive line is was was terrible to start the year. I know Whitworth resigned. They, they settled down a little bit, but you know we talked about Gurley leaving. Uh, a player who was very dynamic in college, Daryl Henderson, really never got much of a chance last year. Malcolm Brown is still there, so those are their running backs coming into the year. I don't. I worry. Brandon Cooks has a, has a problem with concussions and. I know he's been mentioned in in trade talks. I, you know, this is a player that was traded for two for, two times for a first round pick. That's not happening this time around. But but Cooks has a medical problem, and I, I think he's going to be a tough trade, even if teams are talking about it. He was a talented guy, but I really worry about that. I, I, I love I love um, Cooper Cup. Um, Robert Woods has been a very solid player. You know, a guy that you picked up last year who who really shined late in the season for them and. You know, maybe a player that gets featured a hell of a lot more this year, and that's Tyler Higby, their tight end. 
Gerald Everett's also there. Um, you know, this team spent a lot of money on defense and in, in Donald and bringing Jalen Ramsey in. But I don't, I don't like what I see for the most part. They don't have draft capital. You know, perhaps, you know, again, they think they can, maybe they make some trades to try and do something about that. But I, I really worry about the Rams this year. And uh, that, you know, again, I'm concerned what I saw last year, and I'm concerned coming into this year. So I think you've hit on a lot of good points. Um, so they did sign uh, Leonard Floyd from, they gave him, uh, he signed a one-year deal, uh, $10 million uh, from the Bears um, to, to to replace uh, Dante Fowler. Um, so they certainly need all the help they could get replacing that player. And Leonard Floyd's certainly um, – Certainly a strong defensive, you know, lineman, especially getting after the pass. So he could, he could, he could, he could certainly help them. You know, I've been saying this for a while. It seems towards the end of the 2018 season, teams kind of caught on to what Sean McVay was doing, um, and I think they caught teams by surprise and they were innovative. And I think. You know, there was one particular game against the Lions where Matt Patricia really stifled them, and a lot of teams kind of copycat off of that. And their offense quite hasn't looked the same since that point. And they they kind of changed what they were doing. They were going to two tight end sets last year, um, especially in the la- in the second half of the season. Cooper Cup. They were, for some reason, having him on the bench when they were in two tight end sets. He, he wasn't out there uh, for as many plays. Um, but like you said, I think different things came of that. I think they realized what they have in Higby, another top player at this tight end position that I think has uh, potential for, for a very strong 2020 season and you know that offensive line is inconsistent and sometimes they collapse and that's what they really want to do is is kind of throw the ball short and on play action passes they'll take their chances deep i put henderson in that group with those two players that we mentioned yesterday justice hill and dolan thompson um never got really a chance Sophomore time around, I think they're going to try and use him certainly much more in the passing game. Uh, using him, they he's not the player that's going to, you know, carry the ball a lot. But you certainly want to put the ball in his hands and get him the ball eight, ten times a game in some way. Five handoffs, throwing the ball five times, and see what he could do in the open field. And I think he can certainly be a player that can make an impact. Malcolm Brown, when he's been healthy, he's shown that he he's a strong player. You know, I think maybe the Rams realize that they're going to go with that one-two punch. Curly is declining. Injuries isn't the same player. But, you know, their offensive line is the issue. They have got to be able to hold up and, and give Goff, who you're not a, a huge fan of, um, time to throw the ball. But... um their offense has seemed to change. They just seem to be not sure what they want to do. They realize that they can't be that team from 2018. So are they going to try and run the ball more in the short passing game? But there's a, there's a lot of question marks certainly about the Rams. Yeah, and I think you know this division is tough. I know, you know we talked about Arizona to start, and I think 
I think the Rams are in the in the, in the fourth spot in this division right now. When I look at when I look at the teams that are in it, and then with you know from 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 the defending Super Bowl champs that were, sorry defending NFC champs that we're going to talk about now, and that's and that's the 49ers. So you're very interesting with the 49ers in that. Um, wow, from a fantasy perspective, holy cow! So. They literally have four running backs there, and, and and during the playoffs, you know, obviously Mostert had a, a real strong ending to the season, but you know, Tevin Coleman had a huge game in the playoffs. This is a team that ran. Matt Breida at times has looked really, really good. Um, Jarek McKinnon has struggled with injuries, but they have basically have four running backs. So I don't even know what to make of that position. I'll, I'll let you kind of talk about it, but those guys are all on on the current roster. Um, a guy I loved coming into the season, Debo Samuel really became a bigger part of this offense as the season evolved. So I expect a lot from him this year. They have a special tight end in George Kittle, and you've mentioned already about tight ends, but George Kittle is in, in the top two or three of, of tight ends in the NFL. Solid offensive line. Jimmy Garoppolo, while he did not have a good postseason um, because they really didn't throw the ball that much, uh, but he didn't make the plays, and they weren't, you know, flow of the game may have had a lot to do with it. But here's a guy who did throw for 4,000 yards, nearly 70% completion ratio, 102 passer rating, 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. So, you know, Garoppolo was good at certain times in the regular season, but he's going to have to do a little bit more. Um, but, you know, I really love the way they use their fullback. Kyle Jusek is a big part of what they do in the running game and sometimes in the passing game. So this team blocks really well, and they're going to move that way. They're tremendous on defense. Um, you know, they, they they made a they, they made a big trade, and they moved up they moved up to the 13th spot in the draft. And I'm going to let you talk a little bit about what you think about that. But you know, I think this team is 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 still got a lot of its pieces in place to repeat as both a uh, winning of the winning of the division and and obviously being a champion in this in this conference as well. So there's good news and bad news when you have a lot of great players on defense. The good news is obviously that for that year, uh, your your defense is going to be elite, which it was. The bad news is you can't pay them all. So they they elected their young defensive end, Eric Armstead. They decided to break the bank and give him over $100 million and a monster deal. They decided to re-sign Jimmy Ward to a three-year deal, but the, the, the player that they they felt they, they weren't going to, you know, they had to do something was, was DeForest Buckner. And I like that trade. I like that trade for both teams. As we talked about yesterday, I don't think the Colts were going to get a defensive player of his ability at the 13th pick. The 49ers traded from their strength, which is their defense. And as I've mentioned throughout Yesterday and today's podcast, San Fran, I think, has a player or one or players, one, two, or three in mind at wide receiver that they are going to take at that 13th pick to replace Emmanuel Sanders and kind of let Debo Samuel be, be the lead guy at wide receiver and Kittle and 
They can run the ball all day. They can bring in a fresh running back every single play if they have to uh, with, with those players. And that's what they really want to do. They want to grind you, where you at on the, uh, with the running game, keep their defense off the field, and then attack with that pass pressure that they have. That's their blueprint. Their management is, is smart. Uh, they, they know what they need. Their draft picks have been strong as well. So I think the 49ers and Colts made a great deal for both teams. The Colts getting a defensive player that they knew they would not get an ability at 13, and the 49ers trading from strength and going to address their weakness, which is wide receiver. And um, I just think they're the one player they're probably disappointed in is Dante Pettis. I know you were high on him as a sleeper along with a lot of other people for last year. I like the player as well. He just hasn't lived up to it. It seems his confidence is gone. But I look, as I've been saying a lot these last two days, look for the Niners to really address the wide receiver spot. It's it's really an interesting uh, point that a defending conference champion is coming in with two first-round draft picks. It's really an interesting spot to be in. As you mentioned, smart management, Good coaching. I, 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 this is an exciting team, so I, I agree a lot with what you said. So, and, and we'll move to the final team in the division, which is another very well-run franchise, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, John Schneider is an excellent GM. Uh, I love Pete Carroll as a coach. As you know, I, I, I'm a I'm a gun-toting member of the Russell Wilson fan club. Um, you know, it seems to always be. A little bit overlooked coming into seasons, but he always performs really well. He's got two nice receivers in Tyler Lockett and DJ Metcalf, who I couldn't be, you couldn't have been more accurate in your assessment of him coming into last year, where a couple of games he literally would win the game for you, and a couple of games you wouldn't see him. You know, maybe that changes. Maybe we get some more consistency in, in his second year, but, you know, he flashed at times last year. You know, this team did have a solid running game coming into the season. And both players were playing really well in Chris Carson and, and Penny. Penny suffering a, a, a pretty devastating knee injury. I don't think we're going to see him you know, probably not this season because it, it, you know, it just happened too late in the season. Um, Chris Carson was very, very solid, but he also hurt himself you know, in, in, during the season. So you know, they may look to address that, address that position at some point in the draft. They have four picks in the top 100, but most of these are in the back ends of each round. Um, an okay defense, an okay line, but Russell Wilson's a special player and it's a well-run organization. Um, you know, a team that's definitely going to compete in this division. Yeah, I, I think there, there are a few things that you could put down as short bets in fantasy football with very, very few things, maybe only a handful of things. And one of those things is Russell Wilson's going to be a top five fantasy football quarterback. Um, you know, players come and go. Oh, Russell Wilson, he's going to go down. He's not even going to be a top 12. He's not even a QB1. He's lost Baldwin. That doesn't matter. Uh, running backs get hurt. Doesn't matter. They have a tight end. The number one tight end gets hurt. They release it. It doesn't matter. He is just rock solid. He has perfected the art of continuing plays, extending plays while keeping his eyes down the field. He's probably the best I've ever seen at doing it. Um, he has learned 
you don't run for the sake of running. You extend and, and, and plays to make big plays with the passing game. And um, DJ Metcalf looks looks out looked outstanding. Tyler Lockett was kind of banged up. He had some big games. So I, I think I think Seattle wants to do some things. Uh, I think their their offensive line was was kind of much improved. They really wanted to um, they really wanted to to run the ball. With that offensive line and 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 then just Russell and Wilson make plays off the play action, which they uh, have done to perfection. Um, as far as the defense, okay, they signed Bruce Irvin um, from the Panthers. And how do you think this Davian Clowney you think plays out? You know, it's interesting, Clowney. I think he's kind of overplayed his hand personally. Uh, this is a guy who has never. Actually, he's a disruptive player, no question about it. Sometimes I question his his effort. Um, I know he's got a high motor. I understand that. He's actually been a little bit more durable than you think. Uh, I think he's only missed about 20 games in his career. Uh, started 75 of them, but, you know... He's only he had three sacks last year. Are you like I look at a situation? I brought up I brought up I brought up Marcus Golden before with the Giants, and the Giants were mentioning one of these teams that was in the hunt for a, for a clowny. Golden had over twelve. I think he had 11, 12, 13 sacks last year. Are you going to pay that guy a lot less money or bring in somebody like like Clowney? And I think Clowney is destined to stay in Seattle. I'm not sure what that number is going to be. You know, again, a couple of games he 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 played really well, and he can be a disruptive guy. But I don't know. I, I, I worry about sinking a lot of money into a player like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just want to, I just want to mention one player um, on the Seahawks this year. He's, he's, he's one of my favorite players in the NFL. You, you outright laughed at me for drafting him last year. <laughs> kind of rightfully so. But Greg Olson has a chip on his shoulder. He feels he gave his heart and soul to the Panthers, and he's got a new lease on life with Seattle. And, and let me just say this. I'm not exactly sure how much he has left in the tank. It, it, it looks like he needs to take some plays off during the games. Um, but anybody that can make Will Disley and Jacob Hollister and Luke Wilson look like they're you know, fairly good tight ends, don't don't sleep on Greg Olson this year. He he he's angry. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got something to prove, and I think he's with the perfect quarterback to do that. And I love the player. He's such a tough player. He's a warrior. He's willing to block with effort on every single play. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think you know. I know they they also signed Dorsett. Um, you know, in the offseason as well. But, yeah, I would say, you know, don't sleep on, on Greg Olson. And I think, I think you're right in that this team doesn't really have a, a pass-catching back. C.J. Procise can't stay on the field. He's always hurt. So, like you said, last year, Hollister and, and Will Disley was unbelievable uh, at the start of last season before he tore his Achilles. And then Hollister came in and he had a couple of big games too. So, if Greg Olson can stay on the field, this guy's, you know, you know, potential Hall of Fame tight end. 
Um, really terrific player over an elongated period of time. So, And the fact that this is not a deep receiving core, tight end gets looked a lot in this passing game. So Russell Wilson is going to find him for sure. So really, really great point there. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's excellent. So, um, yeah, so this has been another great uh, – tour around the league this time the nfc i think what brett and i are going to do we're going to get back to doing a couple of our beginning beginner series as well uh as well as kind of preview uh the nfl draft which which we've been doing for years but we've never done in this format so it'll be a lot of fun to talk about that um couldn't be more excited we want to make sure we uh continue to provide a little bit of a diversion from all the craziness that's out there you know we we do wish everybody well out there in these very trying times, but, but but we know we're a resilient culture, and uh, you know hopefully that continues to uh, to move on. And you know all our best to all the people that are on the front lines out there uh, working on this uh, in, a, in a very difficult time for our country and for the world, for that matter. And I think as we mentioned uh, when we did the first podcast, is we, we want to do something for everybody. I don't think many people are doing that. We want to do something for the people that live and breathe fantasy football. We want to do something for the people that have been playing it for a few years and, and love it and want to know more beginners and people that want to get started. They've heard about fantasy football. They've heard family, friends, coworkers, um, talk about fantasy football and want to get into it. So we're going to, you know, we're going to reach out to everybody. I'm going to have something for everybody. We're going to do like a little mix and match. And, you know, we started with teaching people how to play and getting the leagues going. And we will certainly continue to, to that. But for those diehards, no, we haven't forgotten you. We're gonna we're, we're getting to you, and uh, we're gonna do some uh, more as it gets closer to the draft. Certainly a post draft um, analysis, and uh, as it gets closer to the season, uh, uh, you know we plan to do uh, a lot more of these. I know, Brett. You, you you've got your uh, draft day countdown going, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I got my draft date for the NFL draft, and uh, when we're going to have our drafts, uh, start thinking about that soon. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, things get a little better. We're all going to be able to, you know, go to the drafts and have live drafts. We we all love that and look forward to that. And hopefully, uh, that 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 trend and streak will will continue. All right, awesome. This has been another fun afternoon, and uh, Brett, you enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, we'll see everybody next time around. Be good. All right. Take care.